on the Northland Outdoors Radio Network, this is Northland Outdoors Radio. For the next hour, we'll give you the latest on fishing, hunting, and spending time in the outdoors all across the Northland. Welcome to Northland Outdoors Radio. Now here's your host, Brett T-Bone Amundsen. Well, it is a busy show this week, getting you caught up on all the outdoors across the Northland. Thank you for tuning in. You know, some people are listening halfway across the world right now. Well, they could be. Some of our affiliates stream the show live on the interwebs, or you can also podcast it at northlandoutdoors.com from the privacy of your own fish house. For the next hour, we'll be talking hunting and fishing and camping this week as people are making plans for the summer. We've got Jamie Dittman back. He's going to tell us how he likes to smoke fish although he claims he did not inhale. We caught some trout last week. We were lucky enough to have him put them in his smoker for us. Also, Tony Crotty is lying somewhere in a muddy cornfield staring up at a sky full of SOBs. Those are snows or blues. As the spring snow goose migration heats up, where are the geese now? We'll ask him. Plus, the season is wrapped up on Lake Winnebago. How do the spearers do this year? We'll check in with the Wisconsin DNR to find out. Plus... First, ladies and gentlemen, the Northland Outdoors radio staff. Guys, is it true that it is, in fact, all right? Oh, yeah. It's true. <laughs> uh, Greg, uh, Greg Kaiser with us, ladies and gentlemen. Greetings. Brian Peterson. Hola. Becca Clemens. Becca, Becca, Becca. Greg, you spent last weekend in a yurt with your lovely wife and young child. How did Milo like the experience? He loved it. And uh, probably the most valuable tool was the the metal screen that separated him from the coals of the wood stove. But uh, <laughs> no, he absolutely loved it. We got really lucky to have some warm weather and and uh, some pleasant evenings. And and uh, boy, it was really it was really a great weekend to camp. When we booked it, we weren't sure what to expect, but can't get much better than that. And how old is Milo? Oh, he is uh, 19 months. 19 months. So this is something that people with, with young, young, young kids could do. Yeah, it's a little bit of a walk-in, but, you know, it's, uh, it's very tight. It's, it's really, it's virtually a cabin, but a yurt, uh, for those that don't know, is, is basically a 20-foot, these are anyway, 20 feet uh, circular, uh, kind of a tent, uh, a dome of sorts. I, it's hard to describe without seeing a picture, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a dome kind of a deal so it's got a big skylight in the center in the top and so you can see the stars at night and and it lets a lot of light in during the day so really really a fun deal you were in the uh kind of mine pit area is where you're you're camping in central minnesota did you get to do any fishing at all while you're out there i did cuyuna state recreation area they have a lot of the pits there uh, that are stocked with trout and uh, there are some other native species there as well so bounced around cut a few holes in the ice and checked it out ran into my buddy brian out there too biking around well, Brian, you were out there? Yeah, I oh, was out there checking out uh, the day as, as far as fat biking goes, and they ended up closing down the trails. It was too nice. Did you say, don't you know who I am? You're <laughs> going to close these trails? They didn't care. I'm going to talk about this on the radio this yeah, week at Northland no, Outdoors. Didn't care one bit. <laughs> uh, Greg, did anything out there happen that you weren't expecting it to happen? I mean, did anything unexpected happen while you were out there? Uh, I burnt my wife's birthday cake. <laughs> Well, I heard you were, you were cooking the cake or baking the cake over over the fire, right? Yeah, so, I mean, in a Dutch oven, it's uh, there's a science to it, and I thought I'd outsmart it and use wood coals instead of charcoal, and <clears throat> I was wrong. <laughs> but we did we were able to salvage a little bit, so it, it worked out. How busy was it out there? There were, you know, there's three yurts, and uh, the first night there were just two of us, and then the last night all three were full. 
or I shouldn't say, you know, Friday night it was, uh, there were two of the three, and then Saturday they were all full. Would, I mean, do you feel like you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere, or was it kind of like, geez, I wish I could have got away from people a little bit more? Or? No, it was out there, and we had some coyotes uh, that nice. came, yeah, right at midnight, like it was scripted, and really cut loose within close proximity to us, so that was... Uh, that was interesting. Got our interest. Got our attention. <laughs> and Brian, you've stayed in the yurts. Greg, you've stayed in the yurts before. How early, you know, if somebody says, geez, I want to try this. I've got a date in May that I want to go out there. How early would you recommend they reserve one of these yurts? Supposedly, you're, you should do it at least three months out. All right. Well, you can check out uh, the website, the DNR website to reserve those. That's your three-month deadline. Deadline. Deadlines. Deadlines. There you go. Deadlines. There we go. We got it official this week. Well, one Do more time. It. One more time. Deadlines. All right. The deadlines, by the way, uh, if if you wanted to go out and hunt elk or deer in Montana this year, the deadline for doing that is March 15th. So Two weeks. You, two weeks. Deadlines. There you go. Also, uh, the season dates then, it's uh, like September to the end of November. There's some other seasons out there in Montana, depending on where and what you're hunting. You can check the regs, of course. Also, Deadlines. new fishing licenses for Minnesota. Did you guys all get new licenses yet? Tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, you got to get them tomorrow. Well, yeah, you got to get them. You had to get them, uh, what, March 1st, right? Isn't that uh, what it was in Minnesota? Yep. March 1st, you have to get them. Wisconsin, your fishing license is good until the end of March. North Dakota fishing license is good until the end of March. And I think South Dakota was February 1st. You had to get a new one. So if you're planning on doing some fishing, make sure you got yourself the new fishing license for the state that you're in. Deadline. I just like hearing the sound. What was that. it? Deadline. Deadlines. Deadlines. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you have a house out on the lake, you probably know this already, but dates of removal are determined in Minnesota by an east-west line formed by U.S. Highway 10 east along along Highway 34 to Minnesota Highway 200, east along Highway 200. There's a whole bunch of uh, boundaries here. Just check the regs. But shelters located south of this line must be removed by the end of the day, March 7th, and then on the north side of that line, removed by Monday, March 21st. And the way uh, things had been warming up, you might want to think about getting out there and maybe pulling it off sooner anyway. I, you know, I was out uh, snooping around this weekend, and even on those pit lakes, there's there's a fair amount of ice, but... I don't know how much of that 50-degree stuff will be able to stand. Yeah, and it obviously depends on the lake. I just left mine in the yard all year. <laughs> <laughs> That's so safe. There you go. It. Then you're good. Bad. Brian, are you getting excited? About what? Just anything. Are you excited? Um, <laughs> have, have you got your plans yet to hit up Big Boy in Bismarck on your way to the new state park in North Dakota? I have, and it's, it's supposed to be ready by late summer, and uh, that's a real quick turnaround. They just had their first public input meeting uh, within the last two weeks. And now this, there's a survey online for those who couldn't make the meeting. And uh, it's, a, it's a very low maintenance, uh, it's a day park. It's called Missouri River Day Park. It's gonna be the first state park in North Dakota in 30 years or close to 30 years. It's on the eastern side of Bismarck, right on the Missouri River. All signs are indicating that it's gonna be a great park. You can't camp, you can't stay overnight but uh, the, the potential there is, is endless. They've, they're surveying people what they want to see there, and they've got 35, uh, a checklist of 35 things, and then you can write in more, and some of these things are, are very interesting. Uh, high ropes courses, low ropes courses, remote-controlled vehicles. I'm wondering if that's drones. Uh, if so, that would be very interesting. Or maybe like an RC, RC track, remote uh, control. Could be. <laughs> that, would be that would be cool, yeah. That'd be that's awesome. That's what they sound like, by the way. Uh, canine our, obstacle course. That's our high-budget high special <laughs> effects department we have here. 
Northland Outdoors Radio. Sounds, sounds like a real thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, All right, we can read more about that on our website. NorthlandOutdoors.com. All right. Now it's time for... All right, more than you ever wanted to know about state parks, ladies and gentlemen, more than you ever wanted to know. More than you ever wanted to know about state parks. We're going to talk about state parks in Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. You guys ready? Yes, ready. Definitely. All right, now, winner this week gets to stay with Greg and his family next time they camp in a yurt. <laughs> that's, the, that's the prize up for grabs this week. Did you know this coming in, Greg? <laughs> Was this spelled out to you? <laughs> All right, question number one, state park or not? State park or not? Schoolcraft state park. Is that a real state park or not? Becca. No. Brian. Absolutely it is. Greg. Yes. Okay, so uh, Brian apparently knows about this already. It is a state park, ladies and gentlemen, Schoolcraft State Park. This secluded Northwoods Park is the perfect place to unwind. Quiet and peaceful, the trail system leads hikers through the virgin pine forest that includes a white pine more than 300 years old. It uh, eats dinner at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Watches Matlock and goes to bed. <laughs> it's up by 4.30. Canoeists and anglers enjoy the gentle waters of the Mississippi River. A boat access picnic canoe, picnic area canoe, and drive-in campsites are available. It's located in Big Fork, Minnesota, along the banks of the Mississippi, and it was named after Henry Rose Schoolcraft, who was instrumental in charting the headwaters of the Mississippi River. Indeed. There you go. Wow. Becca, now you know. Hey, now I know. <laughs> Question number two. More than you ever wanted to know about state parks. This is technically a state forest versus a state park, but whatever. What is buried at Two Creeks Buried State Forest? What is buried at Two Creeks Buried State Forest? Is it A, the creeks? B, the state? B, the state? Or C, the forest? Greg. A. The creeks, he says. Brian? I'm going to go with A. And Becca. I'll go with B. The state. The answer is C. Two Creeks Buried State Forest in Wisconsin is a grammatical puzzle. What is buried? The creeks, the state, or the forest? Well, a little digging. Uh, 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 <laughs> Reveal <laughs> that it is the forest that is buried. Now, trees are not growing underground, but geological evidence shows that a forest existed between 11,000 and 19,000 years ago. Glaciers advanced and retreated over the area several times since then, each time leaving more sediment that buried the forest. I don't like that question. <laughs> question number three. Where is Icelandic State Park located? Is it A, South Dakota, B, North Dakota, or C, Iceland? Brian. North Dakota. Greg. North Dakota. Becca. I'll go with South Dakota. Do you, but I'm probably wrong. Is that your final answer? <laughs> I'll just go with Iceland. I, <laughs> Let's just get that out of the way. Icelandic State Park is located 15 miles west of Cavalier on the northeastern side of North Dakota in yeah. Pembina County and a wooded area situated along the banks of the Tongue River. Several years after the establishment of Pembina County, Icelanders coming from Lake Winnipeg's nearby New Iceland and other colonies in Wisconsin discovered the area and settled there. The new settlers named their townships after several towns in Iceland. These were Accra, Bolio, Gardar, and Thingwalla. Gardar? Gardar. From Lord of the Rings? Yeah, no it's Gardar from Thingwalla on the Tongue River. 
<laughs> Icelandic State Park was established primarily to preserve the heritage of this homesteading era in the area. Very cool. Question number four. In Selby, South Dakota, there is a state recreation area where melting glaciers carved a deep valley and left a flowing creek below. Early explorers crossed this area on their way between Big Stone Lake on the border of Minnesota and South Dakota and the Rocky Mountains. That's a bit of a haul, isn't it? <laughs> hey, guys, let's, I'm going to go out for a little uh, <laughs> little stroll. We'll be back in about 10 years. <laughs> Heading okay. out to check out the Rockies. Uh, is the name of this park A, Secret Valley River, B, Hiddenwood Creek, or C, Lake of the Lost Explorers heading to the Rocky Mountains. Becca. Wow, that last one's quite a mouthful. Yeah. But I'm going to go with A. Okay, good. I was going to say don't go with no, I'm not C gonna at this point. <laughs> a. Okay, yeah, Brian. I really like C as well, but I'm going to go with B. B, Hiddenwood Creek. And Greg. Do you have any of that fish left? <laughs> some, I'm going A. You want some more trout? We had some smoked trout around. Well, the, the, the answer is B, Hiddenwood Creek. The first European settlers named the area because no trees were visible on the vast prairie until they reached the crest of the hills overlooking the valley. How cool is that? You're just walking along and it looks, it's like the desert. You know, you can't see. There's nothing on the horizon. All of a sudden you come up to a big valley and there's trees and water. The, uh, in 1927, the Department of Game and Fish used a new technique called an earthen dam. It was a new technique in 1927, an earthen dam to make Lake Hiddenwood one of the first artificial lakes in South Dakota. Here we go. More than you ever wanted to know about state parks and Northland Outdoors Radio. One question left. Judge C.R. Magney State Park, located in the, on the north shore of Lake Superior, is home to what unusual formation? Is it A, Satan's Sandwich? B, Devil's Kettle, or C, the Double Diablo? Diablo. Greg. B. Becca. B. Brian. I don't know. I like saying Diablo. Diablo. <laughs> Diablo. But I'm going to go with B as well. Devil's Kettle it is. Of course, the park is best known for the Devil's Kettle, an unusual waterfall located on the Brule River a mile and a half from its mouth. The river splits into two to flow around a mass of rock. The eastern flow goes over a two-step, 50-foot waterfall and continues downstream. Hmm, nothing unusual about that. The western flow, however, surges into a pothole, falling at least 10 feet and disappears underground. Dun, dun, dun. It is, I should be doing it like this, underground. underground. <laughs> <laughs> it is believed the water rejoins uh, the main channel. Hang on, get out of here. The water rejoins the main channel of the river or has a separate outlet into Lake Superior, but it's never been located. Researchers have dropped brightly colored dyes, ping pong balls, and other objects into the devil's kettle without results. There's even a legend that somebody pushed a car into it, although nobody knows how the car would have gotten there since there's no roads nearby or anything like that. The devil's kettle. <laughs> uh, guys, thank you very much for playing. More than you ever wanted to know about state parks. Uh, thanks, Brett. <laughs> Coming up. <t> That's <laughs> very good, Becca. <laughs> Coming up, Tony Crotty from Mid-Migration Outfitters. He has a snow goose migration report for us. Uh, we also have the Wisconsin DNR on to talk about how sturgeon spearing was on Lake Winnebago. And Jamie Dittman is in the green room. He's got smoked trout, and we need to get some more of that in here. You might uh, also recognize Jamie as the guy in the Cabela's catalog next to the cow snow goose decoy. Uh, we'll find out how he got in that picture next on Northland Outdoors Radio. 
Your new neighbors are calling. Lake life doesn't have to be just on the weekends. Living at the lake is a real option and it's available now. The Lakeshore Kings are the go-to guys when it comes to real estate in the lakes country. Whether you're buying or selling your home, lot, or commercial property, contact Lakeshore Kings today. You don't have to be in the market for Lakeshore property, but it might be a lot more fun if you were. Contact Steve Leary or Preston Peters of Exit Lakes Realty at 218-821-5655. That's 218-821-5655 and begin your life at the lake today. This is Northland Outdoors Radio. I come in last night about a half past ten. That baby of mine would let me in. So move it all over. Welcome back. I'm Brett T-Bone Amundsen. If you missed more than you ever wanted to know about state parks before the break, we'll have that available as a podcast at northlandoutdoors.com. Now our next guest is a celebrity of sorts. If you open up the Cabela's catalog and page through into the snow goose section, you'll see a man kneeling next to a pile of snow geese and a cow decoy. That's right, a cow decoy. That man is Jamie Dipman, and he joins us now on Northland Outdoors Radio. Move it on over. Move it on. The call works. <laughs> how did How did you get in the Cabela's catalog anyway? We uh, started chasing snow geese years ago and we were uh, kind of jump shooters, didn't have a lot of decoys. So we tried out the cow decoy and it worked. So we sent some photos into the company we got the, the product from, and I don't know, it ended up in Cabela's for the past 10 years. Moving on. That's hilarious. Well, the snow goose season is underway, and guys are in South Dakota shooting them right now. Tony Crotty will join us later in the show for a migration update. Uh, Jamie, I'm glad we were able to get up uh, get up to Red Lake one more time before spring, uh, what, two weeks ago now. Yep. But now we're actually planning on going again maybe yeah, this weekend. Once you go up there, I mean, it's it's not tough fishing. It's pretty easy. Um as you know, the trip that you came up on was the worst trip we've ever had, and is still probably better fishing than anybody's ever had. Yeah, it was a slow day. Yep. But we caught a limit of trout. Yep. By three. <laughs> it's and the fight. You know, they they fight so hard. They're fun fish to catch, and so just to catch people up to speed, we're talking about the Red Lake Reservation in uh, northern northwestern Minnesota, and. Everybody knows about Red Lake for walleyes. A lot of people don't know about the trout fishing there. Yeah, there's uh, four lakes you can fish for trout in the winter. and the summer, they actually have all species, including lake trout, rainbow trout, and brook trout that you can fish. Um, you buy a reservation license. They have native guides that you can hire for very reasonable, and they'll take you out and show you some great fishing. We've been up there with Darwin Sumner the last couple of times. I'm assuming that's who we'd be with again here this weekend. Yep. He, he'll actually do some guiding in the summer too, right? Are there seasons? Is it kind of a year-round type of thing or how's it's it kind work? of year-round. And uh, you got your own license, so you don't even have to have a Minnesota stamp. Oh, right, because you're buying a, a reservation yep. license. So that was the weirdest part about me is to be in Minnesota where I'm a resident and buying a non-resident or non-reservation type fishing license in Minnesota. Right. Because you're a, fishing on the, on the reservation. It's, it's just the fishing up there. There's no pressure. So with no pressure, you get lots of fish. And we those trout lakes that we've been fishing here in the winter, uh, rainbows and brookies in those lakes. Yep. And, you know, they taste great if you eat them the first day and then smoke the rest. And yeah, they're, they're good. And we'll talk about smoking fish here in a little bit as well. And we caught some nice rainbows out of there, too. There were some nice fish. Yeah, I'm guessing two and a half pounds, what, what, 18 to 20 inches were some of the big ones, I think. Yeah, we had a, there was a kid there 
Yep, Carter. Carter, who caught, I think, three of the biggest fish all day. Yeah, he wasn't too into fishing. <laughs> and then he's kind yeah. of screwing around. And then we started catching fish. And then he got, once he reeled the first one in, then he was on it. He was on and ended up catching the biggest fish yep. of the day. Jamie Dimmitt, our guest here, Northland Outdoors Radio. You uh, also got on Mille Lacs last weekend. How was that? Good. We were there for the uh, perch extravaganza out of Hunter's Point. And amazing, like a 1.2 perch wouldn't even make it on the board. It, they were all pound and a half perch in mm. top 10. And a lot of fish. A lot of fish. You know, fat, fat perch. I got to get over there before the season's over for, for perch. Because you can, you can fish perch all the way through, right? Yeah, perch is still open. Right. All right. Uh, and then we, you did... Oh, go ahead. We made it out the last day of walleye out of Mille Lacs and uh, try to find some fish. And, you know, it's looking good. We had fish the first five minutes we caught one. And then it just... We had walleyes down there. I put the camera down and there were walleyes down there all day. Four or five at a time looking at your lure. No biters, but, you know, they're there. It's going to be good. Hmm. What other reports are you hearing about and, uh, you know, as far as fishing and also ice conditions? Ice hasn't lost anywhere. You know, Mlack's had about two feet yet. A lot of lake stuff, about 18 inches plus. Um, the warm weather just took the snow off. So actually we'll start gaining ice if we get cold now. Oh, we were making ice the other yeah. night. The other night when that front moved through, uh, you know, I'm right on uh, part, parts of the Mississippi there and parts of there's a little lake kind of situation, a little backwater bay. And I went out in the middle of the night to let my dog out. And that lake was cracking and creaking and groaning. And we lost all the insulation now, so it can finally make ice. We were definitely. In March. <laughs> I know. It was and ridiculous. a lot of people are saying that the, the fish in there, they're starting to experience uh, late ice crappies and stuff already patterns. Is that, are they starting to move into some of their the shallower water, some of the places yep. they'll be in the spring? Last weekend, some guys said they just, just tried what they normally do during ice out, and they were getting them. Hmm. Uh, Jamie Dimmitt, our guest here at Northland Outdoors Radio, just a couple of minutes left. We caught a bunch of those rainbows up on Red Lake. I brought in one of those rainbow trout rainbow trouts that you smoked. Uh, sorry, it's gone now. Yep. The staff uh, ate it earlier all of it but it was it was tasty now you prefer smoking trout to any other method don't you i i love smoked fish i mean it's just so good you can have it with you as a snack and it's just the the baked fish i'll eat it once in a while but i'm a fried fish and smoked fish kind of guy I grew up smoking every type of fish there was and uh you know just keep it real simple salt and brown sugar and smoke it so that's the, it. So there's no secret recipe. That's what you do. Nope. Salt and brown sugar, and smoke it with. You know, I'll use mesquite a lot of times. Let the smoke do the flavoring, and so you'll brine it overnight. Yep, 24 hours, and then smoke it. And I like them dry. I don't like the real wet, you know, soggy smoked fish. I like it dry and not too salty. It's simple. Well, I was kind of hoping we would have had some uh, sturgeon to smoke, but we yeah. were. We were un, uh, unsuccessful this year, but how did the other spearers on Lake Winnebago do? We'll find out with Ryan Koenigs from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources coming up before the end of the show. And when we come back, where are the snow geese right now? Tony Crotty from Mid-Migration Outfitters will let us know. Jamie, thank you very much. Have a good one. This is Northland Outdoors Radio. They just want a good show. That's all they want. To see the latest news from the Northland, visit northlandoutdoors.com. Your new neighbors are calling. Lake life doesn't have to be just on the weekends. Living at the lake is a real option and it's available now. The Lakeshore Kings are the go-to guys when it comes to real estate in the lakes country. Whether you're buying or selling your home, lot, or commercial property, contact Lakeshore Kings today. You don't have to be in the market for Lakeshore property, 
it might be a lot more fun if you were. Contact Steve Leary or Preston Peters of Exit Lakes Realty at 218-821-5655. That's 218-821-5655 and begin your life at the lake today. You're listening to Northland Outdoors Radio.